If you have your Bible today, I'd ask you to turn with me to Exodus 20, verse 7. We're going through the Ten Commandments, if you're visiting with us, and today we're on the third one. The scripture says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. The third commandment can be summarized in a very short sentence. God would say, take my name seriously. Take my name seriously. He has uh, a wonderful way of getting his message across to our hearts, and today we want to hear it. We want to hear from his word what he wants from our lives. Paul Dickinson has written a, a book called Names. He had a hobby of collecting strange and unusual names. He said sometimes names are prophetic. In 1941, there was a man who was executed in the Florida penitentiary. His name was Will Byrne. (laughs) Stay with me now. (laughs) Recently, there was a Montreal widow washer. Uh, Window washer, sorry. (laughs) Window washer. (laughs) Who fell to his death. Guess what his name was? Will Drop. (laughs) There are those that have names that are just destined for certain professions. Joe Bunt became a baseball coach. Dan Druff became a barber, Dan Druff. (laughs) Two men named Goforth and Ketchum became police officers and partners together. Well, on a more serious note, uh, the Lord uh, says in this third commandment, you shall not misuse my name. Why is the Lord so sensitive about his name? Uh, In the Lord's Prayer, we read these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the big deal, you say, about the name of God? Well, God says that your name represents three things. It represents your character, your reputation, your authority. And these are three important things. I'm sure you have heard somebody say, boy, that guy is really making a name for himself. He's talking about the man's reputation. When a person has a good reputation, they have a good name. If they have a bad reputation, then they have a bad name. When I say a certain name, you think immediately of certain things. You think of the person's reputation. If I say Hitler, uh, some things come to your mind immediately. If I say Billy Graham, uh, a number of things come to your mind and it's totally different. Your name represents your character. Does your family name stand for honesty and integrity? We hope it does, of course. In the Bible, children were named uh, to reflect the hope 
that the parent had about what that child would become. Also in the Bible, when a person changed their character, his life was changed, and God sometimes would give them a new name. Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Simon became Peter. God would change their names because their names represented their new character. A name also represents authority. When a policeman attempts to stop you, he doesn't say, stop in the name of Snoopy. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, stop in the name of the law. Well, why is that? Because there is authority behind that name. If you were sitting at home and eating dinner and the phone rang and somebody in the family got up and got the phone and came and said, Dad, it is the governor calling. Well, you would get to the phone just as fast as you possibly could because names represent authority. God says, when you misuse my name, it's no little deal. It is a big deal because you are defaming my reputation, my character, and my authority. When we think of misusing God's name, we usually think about swearing. That's the first thing that comes to our mind. But there are a number of other ways where you can misuse God's name. Let me give you five of those this morning. Five ways God's name can be misused. Number one, you can use God's name uh, to insult. Uh, This is probably the most common way that we misuse God's name. And I'm talking here about profanity. Someone said uh, if cursing and cheating were wrong, uh, they should outlaw golf. I've uh, uh, heard that. Uh, I heard a story about a farmer who was uh, late coming home for dinner. His wife uh, said, well, honey, what's wrong? Did the wagon break down? And the farmer husband said, no, the wagon didn't break down. Uh, I was riding along, and the minister needed a ride. And so I asked him to come and, and ride with me. But from that point on, the mules did not understand a single word that I said. <laughs> America is the most foul-mouthed nation in the world. And as you know, it's getting worse, it seems, uh, every day. You know, there are a few Christian movies that are out, and a lot of people have gone to see them, and that's wonderful. But usually, if you have a G rating on a movie, nobody will go see it. Because they think, well, that's some kid, kid thing. They have to put in some cussing and a little sex and get an R rating so that uh, it can be a big hit in Hollywood. Well, we now have liberated our televisions from Puritan standards uh, in the name of realism. It's bad when the only thing that we can safely watch on television with our family is a football game or a baseball game or some program that's 25 years old. Why do people swear? Why do they curse? Why do they take God's name in vain? 
One reason is that they lack emotional control. But the main reason is they do it to impress others. As a little kid, don't raise your hand on this one. Uh, do you remember the first time you used a swear word? Do you remember that? Uh, you thought, boy, I am big stuff now. I just took uh, a big swear word and I said it. Well, the fact is, weak people use strong words to impress others. When people spout off uh, starting a string of curse words, they immediately feel like they are macho man or liberated woman. The truth is, they are neither. They are foolish in what they're doing. Any idiot can swear. It doesn't uh, take a thing uh, to be a person that swears all the time except uh, a bad attitude. It doesn't change anything. If you have a flat tire and you start cursing, that doesn't make the tire work. It's still flat. Now, I admit there are some situations and some people who can cause you to be tempted uh, to swear. Uh, however, when that happens, uh, you are showing that God is not in control of your life. Well, number two, we use God's name to indulge. We excuse ourselves when we blame God. We say something like, well, God just didn't want me to clean the house today. Or God didn't want me to get out of bed today. Or God did not want me to honor that particular contract. Or God did not want me to do this or to do that. And then we say, I prayed about it. Well, when we do that, we are just using God as a cover for ourselves. Number three, we use God's name to intimidate. Some people are pros at this. Uh, they come up to you and they say something like this. God told me what you should do. Have you ever had, I've had that a lot of times. A lot of people tell me what uh, God wants me to do. Uh, God told me what is wrong with you. Have you ever had that? My favorite one is this. God told me that you are supposed to lend me some money. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one? Some dishonest people do this, of course, all the time. Parents do this sometimes when they're frustrated. Have you tried restriction and that didn't work? Have you taken their allowance away and that didn't work? Have you threatened a spanking? And that didn't work. Did you take their cell phone away? And that didn't work. So finally, you pull out the big stick and you say, if you keep doing this, God is going to get you. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Well, that's intimidation. Spouses uh, can do this in a marriage. I've prayed about it, and I know that God wants me to buy this Mercedes. Are you going to argue with God? You know, when somebody says that, what, what's your next line? Uh, in this world, uh, they call this forgery. Forgery is when you use somebody else's name to get something that you want. There are a lot of spiritual forgers in this world 
who misuse God's name by saying, God told me. I must urge you to be careful about speaking for God. Number four, we can misuse God's name by trying to impress. Immature believers do this a lot. They try to prove how spiritual they are by the jargon that they use. They apparently feel that spiritual cliches uh, make them sound real spiritual, and so they use a lot of them. And they say to themselves, you know, the more of these things I say, the more people will think I'm a spiritual person. The reality is, is that lifestyle is a lot more impressive than spiritual language. Titus 1.16 says, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. We take God's name in vain when we claim to be really committed to God and we don't back it up with our lifestyle. Some fellow might say to you, you know, I really love the Lord. He is the center of my life, and I have made him number one in my life. And they kind of go on and on about uh, talking about how much they love the Lord. And then you find out that they're not involved in any kind of ministry anywhere. You find out that they're not spending any time with the Lord on a daily basis. You find out that they're not uh, taking care of the stewardship that God would have them uh, to have in their life. They're not mentoring anybody in the Lord, but they tell you how spiritual they are. Number five, we can misuse God's name when we use it impulsively. This is one that uh, many of us uh, fall into Uh, It's kind of a trap. We use God's name as a convenient expression of fear or anger or joy or surprise. You know, somebody says, I just caught a 10-pound bass. And somebody standing there says, oh, my God. You know, like that is just really something. Susie's pregnant again. And somebody says, oh, my Lord. Uh, I just split my pants. Oh, dear Jesus. Now, what are you doing when you're doing this? You are reducing God to the level of a wow. That's really what you're doing. Don't make God an exclamation point in your language. God is telling us to take his name seriously. Don't use it flippantly. You can misuse God's name in church. You say, well, how how can I do that? Well, have you ever sung sung a song about the Lord, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, and you didn't think at all for one second about any of the words that you were singing? Your mind was a thousand miles away. We've all done that. God says in Isaiah 29, 13, These people worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. George Barna did a survey and found that 66% of all Americans uh, admitted that they had taken the Lord's name in vain. But I must tell you that everybody in this room this morning, including myself, is guilty of breaking this commandment because there are so many ways 
to misuse God's name. We rationalize by saying, well, I, I didn't really mean it like that. And God says, that's the point. My name is holy, and you are not meant to use it in a flippant manner. Folks, God is, is real serious about this. All right, the second uh, part of my message this morning is about how do I use God's name correctly? Number one, we want to reference and revere God's name continually. Treat it with the utmost respect. Treat it carefully. Use it lovingly. Use it in an act of worship. Psalms 29.2 says, Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. That means to honor God's name. Let me ask you something. If if somebody was misusing your wife's name, what would you do? Uh, I would hope that you would quickly come to her defense. Uh, Well, will we do that for the Lord? Love demands action. If somebody made fun of your mother or your father, uh, would you protest that or would you just sit there in silence? Uh, Many believers say nothing when God's name is dishonored. Now, I want to challenge you to reverence God's name and demand that God's name be reverenced in your presence. I'm not encouraging you uh, to get into a fight about this. I'm not encouraging you to make a big scene in the restaurant about this. But I do want to encourage you uh, to be a good influence in this area because it's very, very important to the Lord. What does this have to do with building a strong family? Well, one of the places where we need to work on our mouths the most is at home. We probably say more unkind things in the home than anywhere else. Verbal abuse is rampant in homes these days, and it causes uh, really serious damage. Your family should know that there are some words that they shouldn't even think about saying. But let me first say, that it has to begin with you, Dad. You're the one that ought to set the spiritual tone in the family. I know one family, uh, they told me about this uh, after it was over a few years, they said they had a real hard time not cussing at home. And so they started what they called a cussing cup. And any time anybody cussed, they had to put a dollar in the cup. And they held each other accountable. And after, uh, you know, they had to put a lot of money in there, uh, they kind of straightened up. I don't know if you want to do that, but you want to do something. Because God's name is supposed to be honored. When you reverence God's name, there are numerous blessings that will come your way. Psalm 61.5 says... God has given you the blessings you deserve for those who reverence the Lord's name. Second, uh, 
represent God's name clearly. Did you know our lifestyles can misuse the name of God? If we call ourselves a believer, then we should live and walk and speak like a believer. If you are going to call yourself a Christian, then don't drag God's name through the gutter by your lifestyle. Your walk needs to match your talk. By being a believer, you have become God's representative. And people are watching you. You know, we have uh, different events at our church, and we have our pictures in the paper because of that. And and some people know, well, so-and-so, they're a Christian. I saw their uh, picture in the newspaper. Uh, Well, if we claim we're a Christian, and we're no different uh, than folks that live in the world, then we are a bad advertisement. For the kingdom of God. God holds us accountable for that. The truth is there are people all around us who watch our every word, our every action. They are checking to see if we are different. So we need to guard our mouth and guard our actions. Third, we need to rely on God's name always. Psalms 33:21 says, "No wonder we are happy in the Lord. We trust in his holy name." There are thousands of verses in the Bible where God has made promises to those who honor his name. Whatever you do, you should do it in the name of the Lord. God is perfect and holy, and we're not Only a perfect person can come into his presence. Therefore, I need Jesus to approach God with my request. Through Christ, I can have access to God the Father. Jesus said to pray in his name. It is a reminder that through him, we come to God. Should I say the phrase, in Jesus' name, every time I pray? You don't have to, but it's not a bad idea to say that because it reminds us of why we have the privilege to pray because of what Jesus did for us. I don't want you to uh, raise your hand, but I imagine there's a few folks in the congregation today that got their mouth washed out with soap if they said uh, a curse word when they were a kid or took the Lord's name in vain. Uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, That process really doesn't work very well. The problem is not your mouth. It's your heart. You see, whatever is inside of you is going to come out when the world puts a little pressure on you. If I'm full of stress and anger and anxiety and the world puts on the pressure, then that's what's going to come out. If I am full of love, joy, peace, patience, and the world puts some pressure on me, that is what is going to come out. Swearing is a symptom that there is turmoil in my heart, which will spill over 
in the midst of the pressure. Luke 6.45 says, Thy mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Ultimately, the only way to clean up your mouth is to have a change in your heart. And Jesus can do that. God says, don't misuse my name. Treat it with reverence. It's not a laughing matter when somebody curses. And we should uh, laugh when that happens. You are offending the creator of the universe if you get into that kind of situation. There might be some in the house today that would say, well, pastor, I don't want to say this in front of anybody else, but I've done that, and I've done it recently. What am I supposed to do now? Well, the first thing that you could do is confess that sin to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. To say, Lord, I'm really sorry I've done that. And I don't plan on doing that ever again. Then you need to commit your life to God through his son. Ask Jesus to take over not only your tongue but your heart. Ask him to come in and he will give you a new heart. In a new map, he will begin to control your everyday walk. There's some bad things in this life that you don't want to see, that you don't want to hear. You don't want to let them go into your mind. But remember this morning that God is with you all the time. You usually don't take somebody's name in vain if that person is standing right beside you. Well, if you recognize that you are never without God's presence, he is beside you every moment of every day, then you'll be a lot more disciplined in your speech. Today, uh, this commandment is very important. There are a lot of things sliding, kind of sliding in our society today. A lot of values, a lot of morals that are just kind of sliding. You know, one of the ways we need to stand up and be counted is in the area of taking the Lord's name in vain. And we don't want to do it. Well, if you're here in the service today, you've been visiting with us. Maybe today is even your first Sunday to be here. You have been thinking about becoming a Christian I want to encourage you today to confess your sin and place your faith and your trust in Christ in these very moments. I want to encourage you today, if you've been a Christian for a long time, to come and join with us and serve with us as we try and represent Christ faithfully here in Sun City Center and our surrounding area, wherever we might be, wherever we might go. If the Lord is leading in your life, then don't hesitate. Just slip to the aisle, slip out, slip forward, and take a stand for Jesus. I'll be waiting on you right here at the front. Let's stand together as we sing. <laughs>